Man, feels good to be back on the show, though. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. I got to dust off that old podcasting voice. Yeah, right? Got to get that thing smooth and silky. Smooth as molasses. Absolutely. Smooth as melted butter with chocolate. Hmm. So, smooth as... have, have you seen anybody deep fry an Uncrustable? Um, I haven't seen it, but it sounds like, I don't know, like a dietary transgression that I can get behind. It sounds like a good mistake, doesn't it? It, it does. It sounds like one of those, like, oh, ha, ha, we should do it for, like, a silly video. And it turns out to be really fucking good. The greatest idea anybody's ever had, ever. I don't know about the greatest, man. <laughs> Uncrustable itself as a concept is already pretty banging. That's you know, like, point. how are you going to top that? Some fat dude going, like, deep riot. <laughs> Man, okay. Uh, oh man, let me go ahead yeah. and check this out. Go ahead, keep going. Do, do your thing. I, I made a, I made brownies from scratch, right? Okay. And uh, and they're a little fugly, but I think they're pretty solid. And uh, and so fugly. I was like playing. Yeah, they're a little fugly, right? Like a little ugly, fugly. Okay. You know what I mean, because I didn't make them in like a brownie pan. You know what I mean? Okay. I I, I made a couple in like mini cupcake pans, and then I made a mm-hmm. couple in like uh like takoyaki pans. I was thinking like brownie bites would be nice and spherical, but it rose a little bit too much. Okay. And so it looks like like a really gnarly pimple. You know what I mean? Huh. But they they taste decent. I'm not upset. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, like I was playing D&D earlier and stuff, and so like uh, my brain was just kind of fried, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what, what can I do to wake me up before the show? So I made myself a nice cordado, and I listened to the chariot, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah, man. Just a little bit of Evan Perks, huh? Yeah, this is all you need. Just a little bit, right? You know, you, you have too much, and then you're suddenly you want to remodel the house with your fists. True. There's a there's a fine line. You know, it's like coffee. You have enough, and you can get through the day. You have too much, and you might have an aneurysm or a heart attack. A hundred percent. Hello, you know? Adam. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. Hey, Adam. What's up, man? <laughs> Adam's in the chat. Yeah, boy. Yeah, what up? What up? What up? Man, it's been a minute, and it feels good, you know. But uh, with this agenda, because uh, this is, I guess, this is the, start, the official start of the pre-roll. With this agenda, um, yeah, man, we're gonna have to be like, oh yeah, that's what that's what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> All right, so, um, how do we do this again? So, um, we okay. So traditionally on the show, if you're just hopping in for the first time or for the hundred sixty-sixth time. There's this thing called the pre-roll, right? Mm. And it's like it's it's very similar to the pre-cum, where it's oh, slightly more potent than the than the blast, right? What? But there's just something about it where like the content is so concentrated in the pre-roll that sometimes it comes out better than the actual show. Sometimes, it's, 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 it's going to be one of those times. It has definitely happened. It has definitely happened. We have, uh, and I think I don't think we've ever gone an episode that where we've describe the pre-roll that you haven't described it that way so uh that i have or have not that you have not described it that way I, you are incredibly consistent in that regard my, my good sir just like the pre-cum or the pre-roll oh my God, damn it. you know it's like that that heinz 57 the, the pre-cum from that it's like if you took a tomato and you just like let it sit in a bowl for a couple of days you don't even squeeze it you just let the juices seep sure man yeah, I, I, yeah, you, you know this uh, this espresso is is doing me good. If we're if we're at an all time high now, it's straight downhill from now. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely, prophecy. it is. 
It is. It is what it is. I'm, I'm not mad. But with that being said, I believe it's this time where I usually say, you ready? Mm, and I think, uh, hang on, line? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 166. 166. You know, just a typical typical uh, form for this podcast, we had probably our most productive year prior to this one, so we counter it with one of our most unproductive years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so for, for, for reference, we usually do a year in review, like, the first or the second. We don't we never do it, like, you know, before the new year. Mm-hmm. But we're usually pretty good with, like, hey, like, next, next day, let's talk about our, like, year in review. Yeah. Yeah. So this isn't even a year in review. It's the end of January. <laughs> So our, our 2020 year interview is probably going to be like the same episode as our 2021 year interview at this rate. Well, I don't know about you. Honestly, when it comes to the year in review, but for this year in particular, it was just kind of hard to put my thoughts together for like anything coherent. It was, it's that uh, it's that pandemic fuzz that just gets you like, well, yeah. Uh, oh, and then you're like, oh, shit, that also came out this year. And then you're like. Oh yeah, and they delayed their album, but yeah. this came out. But that came, and then you're like, well, where do I place all these? But I think we should at least do an album slash EP top and a movie top. I think those are fair. Yeah, um, probably. You know, we're not gonna do like a favorite vacation or like because we, we didn't do shit. <laughs> favorite Disney character you kidnapped this year? Okay, so should I? Never mind. I don't. I don't want to. Cause you had your top three ready because it's still pending, you know. So I didn't want to. Yeah. Well, I, I know Goofy was like number two on your. <laughs> list and then i, I want to say he bumped up i know you were you weren't feeling it but i want to say he bumped up yeah i mean it, it was a little bit of weird it, it started to get weird when he started to talk and then his non-goofy voice it got a little it got a little <laughs> strange for me it's at home <laughs> it got a little weird, weird for me and then this like the conscience kind of seeped in seeped in a little bit and you know how that goes yeah man my first disney character kidnapping experience went really strange because like <laughs> gaston is such an ass but when he starts crying in your trunk you know, you start to f- kind of feel bad for it. Oh and then I had a God. Deadpool moment where I got rear-ended, and then he just shut up. <laughs> Welcome back, Lawyers. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, like Gabe said, it has been uh, about um, two months, actually over two months at this point, where we've ran a show. We apologize for that. I'm just going to chalk that up to holiday craziness and uh, just the inability to so, so get shit on. done. Let, let, let me just recap what happened in these past two months, because it's not like we took two months off. Um We'll start from most tame to least tame. Um, I picked up another camera. Jake uh, pretty much rebuilt the rig into something spectacular. Absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, right? Like, your new rig is beautiful. There's no way around that. Yeah, it is what it is. Christmas happened. I drank a lot. Um, there was a coup attempt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, GameStop is just the through bo- the roof. Booming. Uh, yeah, gold coins with Shiba Inus on them might be worth, I don't know, billions of dollars in a week. Yeah, it's it's, and, it's quite the occurrence, yeah. man. It is quite the time that we are lived in. We have lived through, and this is within the, just within the last month, within the last couple of Wednesdays. Uh, like you said, coup attempt, uh, president impeachment, again, for the second time, first guy to ever get it done twice. Man, so nice, he had to do it twice. And uh, president inauguration, when which a former first lady just absolutely slayed out there. And uh, it's just it's crazy. Like you said, this 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 meme uh, Bitcoin or this meme cryptocurrency maybe skyrocketing a little bit. It's actually dipping. I, I'm speaking as an investor myself. And um, it's kind of I like you said the rebuilding of the rig, a uh, brand new rebranding of my personal identity. Um, at least on Twitch and in a variety of places. Um, 
yeah, man, brilliant villain. We are here. We're doing that. So that's pretty cool. But I wanted to keep the podcast going just because, A, it's good to talk to my good old buddy Gabe from time to time. Catch yeah, up, boy. Yeah, catch up with what we're doing. And um, it's like I said, it's one of my favorite things. It'll always be one of my favorite things is getting the podcast done. So we, like I said, I think we've you and I kind of half-heartedly kind of tried to bring this together within the last couple of weeks. <laughs> it's like, it, uh, it was like uh, – it was like you were like, oh, let's record. And then I was like, yeah, sure. And then it'd be quiet. And then I'd be like, hey, we should probably record. And then it was just switching off. And then today I was like, yes, I will be home. Let's let's sit down and let's commit. Because yes. you've been doing your streaming. I've been doing my hobbies. And mm-hmm. it's just been a mess. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so we are glad to be back for episode 166 of the Second City Kids Pod. It's, yeah, it's going to be a very loose kind of episode. We, Like I said, I, we do have some agendas, but some of them have uh, gone from relevant to irrelevant to back relevant to irrelevant in the amount of time it's been since we've done the show. So um, we're going to try to keep this together the best we can. I'm just going to go ahead and eliminate top ten cereals unless you have oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah I'm not even going to do that. If anything... What is your favorite cereal? Let's do that. My favorite cereal. It, it, it's a hard one. When I was younger, I liked the sweet shit a lot. You okay. know what I mean? I think at the moment, Cap'n Crunch still holds a very special place in my heart because, you know, only so many things can tear up the roof of your mouth like that. So Absolutely. Consistently. Yeah. It's just like, but I was, because uh, I, I have this conversation with my uh, my new hire class every single week, and it's like, man, like, it, it's great. There's nothing that could beat Captain Crunch, but you could only. Logistically, have one bowl because otherwise you're gonna need fucking dental work, and uh, it's a whole situation. So I feel like you could have one bowl pain free, like zero consequences. You could <laughs> definitely have two bowls, <laughs> but like anything past the like the two or three mark, and you're like stitches, oral surgery, complete facial restructuring. That's, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of a, a hefty price tag for just your favorite bowl of cereal. So uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess you're right about that. But um, I'm going to have to say I love me some Fruit Loops, man. It's tried and true, and uh, it just tastes good. You know, it should taste good. You can keep having a billion, a bi- a billion bowls, and it'll always be good. So uh, There's something special about eating it dry, like out the bag with no milk, and you get that, like, thin layer of powder on your fingers after you, like, you know, decimated it. Yeah, and we do got Greg in the chat. He is saying Captain Crunch or Bus or Bran Flakes with Bananas. Slap that mug in the microwave for a minute and you sauce him. That's what Greg says. So Yes, he is. He is indeed correct. You are indeed saucing. It's actually kind how, of... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. How many, like, ingredients do you have to add to a bowl of cereal to make it a sauce? You know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, saucing, like, like you're like... You know, like you're maneuvering. Now you're like having fun. But like logistically speaking, how many ingredients in a like a loose liquid semi lol squid form do you have to add before it's sauce or even salsa? Like what if you just added like tomato chunks? That sounds like a plan, actually. This might be something that we have to invest in. I know what I'm putting okay, in my chili. So the first... <laughs> The first great idea of today's episode was deep frying on crustables, and then the worst idea was um, Fruit Loops, two percent milk, tomato salsa. Yeah. I think I died a little on the inside. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit wild out there, but it is what it is. But uh, so yeah, those are the favorite cereals of the show, I suppose. And uh, I guess we gotta get into some of these topics. So again, forgive us because um, some of the things have come in and out of re- relevance in the meantime, in between time, like HBO Max, that whole drama. I mean, I don't know what you want to say about it. It's kind of played itself out at this point, and it's really no real resolution um, <laughs> to the the drama that ensued because a lot of these. Um, you know, a lot of these uh, people behind these movies are like, well, what the fuck? We didn't agree to this. And Warner Brothers and HBO Max were like, well, 
<laughs> so too bad. So supposedly theaters around here are like opening back up, right? My uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about it the other day. And I was like, well, what the fuck are they going to show? Everything's either been delayed or like straight to like a streaming service, right? Correct. And she's like, well, it looks like Wonder Woman's coming out. It's going to be like one of the first few movies back. Yeah. Well, so, what... and I was, yeah, it's I was out like, now. yeah, they, yeah. They, they did put it for what, like a week or two on HBO Max? I believe so, yes. Yeah, and I heard it was utter dog shit. Yeah, no, I was incredibly, incredibly disappointed. And we, we I've waxed poetic about uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, but I myself have stayed away from it. Honestly, at this point, anything that's going to be on HBO Max, if it is on HBO Max, I am waiting to just, uh, till Kong and God versus Godzilla comes out, which we'll probably talk about next. But, um, yeah, that's what basically that's what I'm waiting for at this point. I believe March is when Kong versus Godzilla is coming out. And have you uh, seen the memes? Yeah, we got some. We got some good memes. Uh, I seen the one with the Hulk saying, "But big monster." <laughs> you know what I mean? My, uh, my favorite one is like um, it has them two compared side by side, and he's like, "Oh, giant radioactive, scaly, like you know, dinosaur looking beast," and then the other one's just monkey. monkey. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about this. I feel like it's like a timeless argument at this point. It's like a you know, probably 50, 60, 70 years old. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, it's just yeah. one of, you're always going to have Kong people. You're always going to have Godzilla people, right? But I, I, this is a fundamental problem with it, and I, I don't want to get too crazy into spoiler territory or what theory territories because you and I could run wild with these things. But, but we have. Yeah, we've, we've have, and we've dedicated full episodes to talking about Star Wars. But um, I'm thinking that there's going to be something that equals or something that explains the equality between the two. That's that's Monkey strong. No, not not just that. Um, <laughs> Monkey laser eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's going to be something that e- equates them, uh, but I don't want to get too crazy about it. Maybe we'll talk about it off air. But if you do enough research on inter- interwebs, you could come up. I'm sure you could probably find what the hell I'm talking about. But that's going to be the deal with that. And but yeah, Congress Godzilla is going to be absolutely sick. Uh, it, the trailer ju- dropped, and I was just like, okay, sign me the fuck up and. Put it into my fucking liquefy it and put it directly into my fucking jugular vein because I'm ready. Steady IV drip. Yep, I just need that. I need that craziness in my life because I was watching. Uh, uh, the, well, first off, we watched uh, Skull Island the other day, uh, the Kong movie, and it's fucking fantastic. And then we watched uh, King of Monsters again, and it's just it's just ridiculous how good those movies are. Unnecessarily good, but and yeah. You went home and listened to Gojira. Yeah, how'd you know? Yeah, theming man. I, you know something about the the French like metal. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Power chords, power chords. Absolutely. All right, so Alfred Merlina returns as, well, he's returning to the fray when it comes to the MCU. For those who are unaware, Alfred Merlina Merlina played Doc Ock, who might, might, might be the best villain from those Spider-Man films. Now, I know people are going to go crazy about uh, William Dafoe as Green Goblin, but uh, I think Alfred Merlina as Doc Ock was absolutely fantastic from Spider-Man 2. They're both good. Yeah, I I think at that point it's just a favorite. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, because those first two Spider-Man movies were actually really, really, really well done. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to have him back. I think it's letting itself to some Sinister Six vibes because we've talked about the other Spider-Mans being confirmed and all that good stuff. So we'll we'll have to wait and see, you know, the deal with that. Um, So I'm excited to see him. So there's that. Next up, we got a whole bunch of Disney news. So Disney just dro- dropped the fucking bomb on us. I want to say about a month ago at this point. Well, they just dropped all their shit that they're going to be releasing for us, right? So all a bunch of Star Wars related stuff. Uh, the Bad Batch, which is like an extension of the Clone Wars cartoon. Uh, the Ahsoka TV show, which she was in The Mandalorian. Um, yep. Spoilers. Too late. 
Yeah, sorry, my bad. Uh, well, I mean, we, I think everybody kind of knew that when Rosario Dawson got cast. Uh, there has been, because uh, you know, we've subsequently seen the start and the end of the Mandalorian this season. Uh, in the meantime, oh my God, if you have not watched it, Gabe, and I know you, I don't know how up to date you are with Mandalorian. If you even started it, bro, just do it. Oh my really? God, just fucking do it. It is so. Oh, I'm, so I'm on the writing staff for the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Um, but yeah, so Rangers of the Old Republic uh, of the. I'm sorry. Yeah, of the uh, New Republic. Actually, I don't know why. I think I wanted to will it and say Rangers of the Old Republic, but. Oh, well. don't, don't talk of the old Republic. Yeah, we, get me excited. Exactly. It's a whole thing. Kenobi finally also being like officially announced. Apparently, they're going to be. it's only going to be six episodes, but they're going to be an hour apiece. So we get a little bit yeah. more. Six... We get a six-hour stint of Kenobi yep. with Ewan McGregor. Hell yeah. Yeah, sign me up, right? So uh, that's uh, that's all good stuff. Disney-related stuff. I guess uh, Buzz Lightyear is going to get his origin movie cartoon story so show thing show him getting molded in plastic at the factory no yeah, i'm done no it's more about in his lure in his lure uh, do you remember the uh the buzz Lightyear tv show from yes back when? i do and I, w- I think that's basically what they're playing off of i believe I, man that was that was a pretty decent show it was not bad not bad at all uh disney pinocchio whatever baymax is getting his own car- his own cartoon and, actually just rewatched big hero six like last week how devastating was that fucking first 30 minutes of that it was, I, you know, I saw that movie in theaters. Did you? Yeah, I saw it when it came out in theaters, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" I thought this movie was about a big squishy marshmallow. <laughs> My sister's like, "Hey, you need to watch Big Hero, uh, big Hero Six. I'm like, "Okay," because I had like a vague interest in it. I'm like, "It looked interesting." She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Just watch it." So I started to watch it, and she left. And then about half an hour in, I'm like, "What the fuck did you do to me?" <laughs> I need a new T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, because it was that hell emotional roller coaster was just. Man, it was it was a wild, wild thing. Oh, he's adding stuff. He's adding stuff. I see him doing it. Uh, oh yeah, solo. Oh my god. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, that yeah, we got we can talk about that too. But um, all Marvel related stuff. Wandavision is about uh, is is uh, cooking. I don't know if you're watching it. It is fan fucking tastic, man. One thing that could be said about these Disney Plus properties is that they are sparing absolutely zero expense. Looks like a motherfucking movie. And uh, yeah, this Wandavision so far so good. So there's that. Cool beans. Let's talk about um, not my favorite Falcon, but the Peanut Butter Falcon. Absolutely. So Peanut Butter Falcon, have you ever heard anything about this ever? No, it sounds like a beer. Peanut Butter Falcon is a movie featuring Shia LaBeouf, all right? Uh, And basically... Oh, hang on. Is this the one he got the tattoo for? It might be. Uh, He's basically, he is on the run. He and this other character who is a kid with, I don't want to get, I don't want to say Down Syndrome. I don't think that's the right one. Autism? I don't remember. I'm sorry. That may be really insensitive. I don't know. But he's a kid with special needs, uh, and they're basically two fugitives on the run for, due to separate circumstances, and they kind of meet t- together on the road, and they have this wonderful adventure. All right? And Shia LaBeouf and this character, his name is Zach, and I think his real name is Zach as well, um, they just form this really wonderful relationship out there on the road. They have this adventure, and there's a lot of heart and soul into this film. Uh, I think people are saying overall it's probably Shia LaBeouf's best film overall, and I know it was uh, it was critically acclaimed. So 
I think if you see it, I think my, I, I caught it on Hulu, I think. So if you have Hulu, I would definitely recommend it. Honestly, I think it might have been, it took me, uh, made a run for one of my favorite movies of the year it came out. I think it was last, not last year, but the year prior. It might have made a run for one of my favorite movies of the year. So definitely check out Peanut Butter Falcon if you have not. Uh, like I said, it'll tug on your heartstrings, and you're going to really love the, the, the characters and the way the world kind of developed. And uh, very realistic, obviously, and uh, very sad in some moments as well. So definitely, definitely check out Peter Butter Falcon. I'm giving it a solid B plus. It was absolutely wonderful. Nice. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, what do we have up next? We have, uh, okay. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was a show we were very, very excited for when it first came out in 14, 15, 15? Ooh, actually, it might, no. It would have to be... 16? No, later. 17, 18, probably. Uh, let me pull it up really quick. Yeah, because, um... Because, you know, we have the technology for that because it's uh, 2018 or 2020. Oh, wow. Four seasons in two years. Yeah. Okay. So we were super excited for the remake because we wanted the dark, gritty kind of thing. I think after season one, we were like, okay, cool. We're on board with the concept. Yeah. Cool enough. And now I I don't know if you kept up with it. uh, Loosely. So so I did not keep up with the show. I just, you know, I once season one came out i uh binged it finished it and i just kind of let it be yeah um and then i finished it uh before season four came out i caught up watched season four are you done with the show i am yeah well because like i said i loosely followed it adriana stayed like in like deep in with it and i, I basically know everything that happens <laughs> yeah so so it, it does this weird thing where it, it has you like okay season one and then like season two and three happen and then you're like okay and you're like super amped up ready to see what's gonna happen what's gonna throw down Mm -hmm. you know like the stakes go from like zero to 100 and shit Mm -hmm. like that right Mm -hmm. and then season four happens i'm just so like mixed and conflicted about everything yeah what what was what was you confusing about what are you confused about I, I guess my feelings towards the show because I, I like sincerely want to love it, right? I like yeah. want to like wholeheartedly love and enjoy the show because it did have a good run, but I have so many issues with it, right? Yeah, I know because I didn't catch like the ending, but Adriana basically broke it down to me, and she I know she was tremendously disappointed with how it ended. And uh, and my my biggest gripe was that um and, and, and like I had the same kind of like issue with Supernatural, right? Because after a certain point, it's like okay, you've defeated the devil. Right, like what yeah. are you gonna do next? Correct. And supernatural went, um, well, God's next, and then the Leviathans, right? And that that's fine and dandy, you know. Supernatural's been going on for years at yeah. this point, mm-hmm. but Sabrina was like, well, let's do the Eldritch Horrors, and I was like, super pumped. I'm a big fan of mm-hmm. like H.P. Lovecraft and his works, mm-hmm. and I was just like, yes, like let's go, let's tango, and. I just, dude, it it felt very monster of the week, very episodic yeah. and inconsequential mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there was. You know, seven, um, seven of these things, and just you know, they were all defeated in one episode, and some of them had like really cool concepts and effects, and you know, like catches. And I just, dude, I feel like they were plowed through. Like you spend essentially two and a half, three seasons building up the devil himself, right? Yeah. Like this is the devil, and then like kind of building around that. So like, here's like Lilith, and here's something else to worry about, right? Yeah. And then like, like I said, two to three seasons just dealing with all this stuff. Yeah. And then you plow through these things that are supposedly like infinitely stronger. You know, yeah. they're from a totally different like spatial plane. Yeah. And they defeated in the season. And then the the show wrapped up kind of funky and I was just like, dude, like uh, w- what I felt happened 
was that at the end of season three, Netflix was like, yeah, you're good, right? You're wrapping it and up, then, right? <laughs> yeah, and then season four started, and then somebody at Netflix was like, hey, by the way, this is the last one. And yeah. then they were like, oh, shit, now we got to wrap everything up. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that. Agree with that overall. My thing is that they relevated. They relevated. Oh my god, what's the word I'm looking for? They relegated. There you go. Satan to like a side character. I, and I mean, I, I guess that's fine. But like, you spend all this time focusing on him. Yeah, and he you know he's just like he's part of Sabrina's hijinks. After a while, it's like the fuck. He's part like, of the gang. Yeah, it's like that's that's. That's silly, you know. Uh, but yeah, I do agree. It's like these, these, like you said, these things were hyped up to be like the destroyer of worlds, which essentially they are, you know. And they kind of just, oh well, we we, we knocked this one out. We by locking them in a dollhouse. It's like that's really dumb, actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this thing that has cosmic powers and is able to transport from point to point throughout the universe, and it's just you'd lock them in a dollhouse, and that's and again, it. I don't, I don't necessarily have an issue with like the solutions per se okay i mean some, some of them were kind of janky mm-hmm. i'll admit that but none of them i was like okay now that's just straight stupid okay it was just that it was all done and resolved it felt like an hour-long scooby-doo episode with some blood okay i i'd agree with that for sure you know what i mean because yeah. like like the whole satan thing like i said like the consequences carried over to each and every next episode it's mm-hmm. like oh the you know the impending doom of the dark lord and stuff like that yeah and then suddenly it's just like Oh well, here comes like the weird, and it's like okay, well he's done. Yeah, Next. you know, it, yeah, it just yeah. felt very like like deli ish. Yeah, like, I... take a ticket, and then when they call your name, <laughs> yeah, that's how she was handing out beat- beatings, man. I mean, she's yeah. like so over like as a, as a show. The thing about that made the the original Serena kind of fun is that she was constantly kind of figuring it out. You know what I mean? And I feel like in in the Netflix show, she was just so overpowered. You know what I mean? She would like I get it that she obviously, and at least in the show, she had you know uh, lineage that would made her powerful and stuff like that. But there was never really learning. You know what I mean? And she was just constantly fucking up everybody's lives and like, oh okay, well we fixed it and uh, no big deal, right? And it's like, come on, man, like. I don't get it. I, I really like the actri- actress who, who they picked, and I think she did a good job with the material that she was given, but I don't know, man. Um, so, to my understanding, none of the actors were satisfied with uh, the wrap-up. They were all like, okay. Yeah, I, 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 w- I would agree. And, like, they started to, like, do this thing where, like, the the whole crew finally kind of came together, like all Sabrina's friends and stuff. And it's like, okay, they're doing this, they're doing this, okay, big apocalyptic moment, okay, end of the show. You know what I mean? It's like, well... All right, fine. You know, um, overall, I think, like you said, I think they probably crammed two seasons worth of buildup to a not so great seven or eight episodes. Yeah. And it was kind of a breakneck kind of a situation. And I don't know. Like you said, I'd probably agree with you when they were like starting to write the new stuff. And it's like, okay, well, by the way, uh, this is the last one. We got to get out. We got to wrap this up. We're not renewing your contract. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. Absolutely. So, uh, and uh, I feel like I feel like the easiest resolution. And like I said, I don't know for certain if that was the case. I don't know the timelines or anything like that. But I feel like the easiest rectification would have been pick one Eldritch Horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have so many to choose from, and they're all they they're all open domain. If I'm not mistaken, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you don't even have to go Big Boy Cthulhu. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It, pick one focus on what that horror does like the harbingers of the horror mm-hmm. and then build it up and then have the last two or three episodes of them 
trying to fight it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And oh. I feel like that would have been a very elegant resolution. Or pick even like two or three. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to go through throughout a, you know an eight-episode season where you at least give up more than an episode of just figuring it out. You know what I mean? I'd have to agree. Overall, I think the show, I mean, like you said, the concept of it and even like the art design to the show and the fucking the set design and all the characters. The it was photography, like, the callbacks, the... It was all really great up until you get to that last season of the story itself. Yeah, and it's it got a little a little wonky. I would have to agree with you on that. That's why I kind of lost my attention. And uh, yeah, I know Adriana was like I said, it was severely disappointing with the end. So I don't know, man. I guess we'll have to wait and, and see. And you know? I don't have them written down, but my girlfriend did point out like three or four plot holes that like we like looked into, and they're like unexplained. I don't have them written down, but I will like follow up with this because she's like. Oh well, why didn't she do this or that? And I was just like, "Oh, that's actually a really good point." Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those like big question mark things. Like, oh yeah, that is like super unresolved. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a weird thing. I'd have to agree overall. But yeah, so Sabrina, uh, I think it's a situation where it was extremely extremely promising at the start, and then kind of got diluted over time. So see, and now like here we come to this issue where it's like because it wasn't inherently a bad show no. it didn't necess- necessitate like half-assedness you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it was pretty quality throughout most of its run but it's like well do we give it a pass because netflix finally decided to hey let's finish a show or do we go no you guys need to do better and finish writing or like give enough time to finish writing. you know what i mean like if you're gonna do i i told like don't get me wrong i totally understand like hey, we're going to do a season, and if it does well, we will renew your contract, right? Yeah. But then figure it out. Be like, yo, dude, like, we're going to sign a contract for four seasons total, right? Like, whatever build-up crazy arc you're writing, it needs to be, like, done in yeah. four seasons. And then if it's still banging strong, we can talk. Yeah. Because because that's – you know what? Now that I, like, put that out there, I feel like that's exactly what happened with two and three. Because yeah. one, they were just like, well, let's see if there's interest, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a self-contained story. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, we'll give you two more seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And then the whole Satan thing wrapped up. And then probably towards the end of like filming and producing season three, they're like, okay, this show's doing really well. We'll give you one more season, right? Like we're going to renew your contract. Mm-hmm. And then they were probably like, okay, we're going to get like two, two more maybe, right? Yeah. Two or three more, right? And then they're like, nah, one year, one and done. No mas. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't like you said. I don't know the exact details on how to fix it, but I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to blame cast and crew and writers because I think, like you said, I think it had more to do with what they, the, they put their best foot forward. Yeah, yeah, I think it had more to do with probably Netflix's decision making than anything else. You know. Yeah, and and it is, um, you know, it's one of those things where we've seen them cut shows. Like so many shows don't have a resolution, and they're just like, nope, done. Yeah, man. It's like right, right now, uh, me and the, as far as like the Netflix shows, the one that, that me and my wife are into right now is The Crown. Yeah. I don't know if you know anything about The Crown, but you would think it would be tremendously boring based on, you know, the the subject matter, which is basically the royal family and like all their shenanigans and whatnot. But uh, I will say uh, at least the, the first two seasons, I really, really, really liked. I really liked the actor they picked to play Queen Elizabeth and whatnot and made it made interesting, made it interesting out of stuff that wasn't so interesting. So I'm going to give them credit on that so far. But uh, right now in season three and they switched actors because obviously they're doing like time periods, right? About Queen Elizabeth's life and now she's older. So they 
got rid of the the old actress, which pisses me off because I really like her. I'm gonna get a fucking poster of her on my wall. But uh, so that's the deal. Uh, overall, I, I would recommend it, but I haven't finished it yet. So it's gonna be. I guess it's gonna get very interesting. I don't know what Netflix is doing, honestly, because right now me and the woman um, are looking at other subscription services like HBO Max, and we're like, okay, who's getting the cut? And it's looking like it's gonna be Netflix. Yeah, I believe HBO Max picked up all those old Cartoon Network shows like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, mm. uh, Courage and stuff. So that's that's a very strong contender for me as well. Absolutely. So, uh, like I said, I'm thinking Netflix is going to have to take the take the bullet on that one. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But it is what it is. So, next. Uh, Great Gatsby is going to enter the public domain. And the general consensus online is that people want a Muppets remake. And I'm 100% on board with this idea. I, I actually kind of love everything about it. And imagine all the shenanigans. Imagine just hitting a Muppet with a car. <laughs> that, that, you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm sure they'll fit so many jokes and so many, like, like good high-level layered, like, writing tropes and shit into this. But just, just that ending. Just imagine, like, I don't know. <laughs> Kermit or Gonzo getting smacked with a car. <laughs> just imagine Kermit saying "old boy." <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, that's a, what I'm excited. Son about. of a bitch, that is so. So, so what are your thoughts on this? I know we're both Muppets fans here, right? Well, yeah, well, we are big Muppet stands in in this thing, but I'm totally down for that. That sounds excellent. But uh, Great Gatsby, man, like easily one of the most beloved books of all time. So. I think that's kind of cool. My, um, I had an English teacher who swore on it. Like it would, like if she was getting elected to, as like a politician, she would, she would swear, swear on. She would swear on the Great Gatsby. I swear to God, dude, it's a really good book. And uh, with the the Leo movie that came out two thousand twelve, oh, I um I, I didn't hate it. It just didn't have that same impact when you read who got hit with the car and then you put everything together and you're just like, oh, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like that's, that's a moment that doesn't translate over. Bro, like, because I, I, I was excited for the Leo movie because I'm like, oh, Leo's in it. And uh, Tobey Maguire or Topher Grace, if they ask you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, it's got, it's got to be at least decent, right? And then they had fucking Izzo by Jay-Z play. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I, I, um, I need a less serious take at this point. Yeah. So- I need to wash my mouth. So give me Kermit, give me Swedish <laughs> Chef, give me. Oh man, who would Swedish Chef be? Oh man, let me think. Hold on, Swedish I, Chef. I think it's. I think it's safe to say that like Miss Piggy would be like Daisy. Yeah, right? probably. Yeah. And Kermit would be um. Oh, sweet Nick. Yeah. Nick. Yeah. Well, yeah, Nick. And then Gonzo, Gonzo would, would have to. In. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yep. Fozzie right. Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Just, Bunsen and Honeydew, or Honeydew, Jesus Christ, dude! Write Dr. it, Honeydew. Write, yeah. write, write it down, Gabe. <laughs> write, write it down, and if it happens, bro, we got a lawsuit. <laughs> no, we don't, because this wasn't my idea originally. This is like something floating uh, around. Damn, you're right. People were like, people were like, just give me a Muppets remake, and then I read it, and I go, yeah, you know, actually, like, actually, yes, give me a Muppets remake. That is a phenomenal God idea. God damn it, is so good. All right, fine. Fine. Yes, I'm in. Sign me up. All right. Here, here's here's an idea for the next episode. Okay. We present either classic movies or classic pieces of literature, and we do a Muppets remake. <laughs> okay. We can find uh... and, and cast like four or five characters. 
and then be like, okay, so this is who's who, right? Jesus and we just like Christ. we just roll from there. Yeah, man, it's, it's gonna have to happen. That's necessary. Yeah. Next podcast. It's just the, the question is which one of us is gonna bring the Bible, right? So it's, okay, so, it's, so it's the New Testament, but the Muppets. <laughs> so Fozzie Bear is Pontius Pilate, right? Oh, fuck it. No, we fucking do uh, Mike Kemp. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, man, there's two very different definitions of classic literature. We're going now. Oh, man. Chris, you want to do Fifty Shades with... Um... Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh man, yeah, dude. I was thinking like Scarlet Letter, but you're like mine. Can... <laughs> okay, dude. All right. I mean, if that's what you consider classic, oh, that's. F- I mean, like it's historically important. Can't tell me it's not. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I call it a classic though. I'm sure somebody at some dark corner of the internet will call it a classic. Everybody must have this on their bookshelf. Oh my god, that's fucked up, man. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty gnarly. Speaking yeah. about um, classics. Um, Disney dropped a new movie. I believe it was like December 2020. It it was Christmas Day exactly. Cool. Uh, it's called Soul, mm-hmm. and you saw it, right? I did. We can tango. We can. Um, all right, dude. So so this movie kind of takes on a lot. It talks about like the uh, the spark, like what makes you want to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it takes on some really like heavy, heavy yes. shit. Yes. Yes. Um, and I I like I saw it and. I like wanted to text you immediately because the movie is about a dude who's an aspiring musician who's like never made it, made it hardcore yeah. like that, right? Yes. And just that aspect of it, just like it got to me. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. And I know you felt that too. For sure. Um, it, it was nothing short of phenomenal. In my yep. Opinion. So yeah, so this is Disney's Pixar's thing. Uh, so Pixar, you know, constantly doing the Midas touch and everything they touch turns to gold. Uh, like. like Oh, it should have been about Will Putney. <laughs> no, but he's he's very accomplished. So that yeah, doesn't work. for sure. So, um, yeah, man, this this, but like like you said, it, it touched on heavy heavy points, and the character's understanding of the spark was different to what everybody else in the movie was saying, which I thought was tremendously interesting. And it wasn't really till the end where it all kind of made sense to me too, because the spark isn't what you like to do the spark is finding the will to live right so and for our particular the, the what, what was the what was her what was tina face character's name like the little soul what was it called hold on God. I think it just had a number it's a right? number it number was a number yeah or something yeah hold on let me look oh, yeah. oh, soul i'm sorry uh she played tina Fey played sorry we usually are better at this no tina- we're actually much worse as as 22 yeah 20, ah, okay yeah 22 was her name and it was basically the soul who didn't want to go to the didn't want to go to earth right she says i'm perfectly fine with my existence as is and uh i've just i've you know i've gone through a variety of different mentors which that whole thing was fucking hilarious and i just never found it you know and it took her having to inhabit somebody else's body and go to earth and realize that living for her was worth living for, right? But again, the, the main character, who was played by Jamie Foxx, Joe, thought music was his purpose, right? And then and it was actually really beautiful because he had his big moment where he broke out, right? He played that show with that famous uh, that famous uh, jazz um, jazz musician, and he's like, okay, so what's next? And she's like, next is... Same thing know, tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow we get it and do it again. 
And in that moment, he feels unsatisfied, you know? And it's like, wow, maybe it wasn't all what it was cracked up to be. You know, maybe what he thought he was living for. And they have this moment uh, about halfway through where he's like, okay, well, this is my life, right? And it's him and music kind of costing him the more important things in life. You know what I mean? And not to say that he doesn't love music because by the end he still does, but he found a different reason to live. And that's kind of to start enjoying life. And his music is not the only thing that's important. And uh, I think it's really smart. And uh, my 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 biggest thing is that it's closer to Inside Out than it is to, to Toy Story, right? And how life works, and a human is the main character. And yes, they find a kind of a cute way to frame uh, more complex thoughts, such as emotion, and here finding the will to live, you know. And um, I don't know how they do it, man. I don't know how they go into meetings and you're like, okay, so I have this idea, and in that idea, they come up with something incredibly beautiful. I don't know, man. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, uh, pr- pretty intense all the way through, and you it, it does the intensity doesn't hit you until you put the pieces together. Yeah, and it's actually I'm actually reading it right now. The guy who wrote Inside Out is the same guy who wrote this. Makes sense. So yeah, like I said, it's, it's definitely closer to that, and I, I consider Inside Out my favorite Pixar film of all time. So um, Soul is really, really good, very, very well done. And it, after the movie wraps, you think. You sit back and you start thinking. And I think that's a telltale sign of a great movie. You know yeah, I mean? you, you kind of let the credits roll and you just kind of bask in yeah. the, the dim glow of the TV afterwards. Yeah, and like my favorite thing was um, the barber, right? He was yeah. ta- he's talking about, he's like, well, I, I wanted to do this. And then I started cutting hair and just, you know, made sense. He's like, well, man, he's like, we talk about jazz all the time. He's like, why didn't you know why you told me these things? He's like, you never asked. Yeah. You know what Crazy. I mean? It's just like, whoa. That's insane, man. Yeah. So Soul was Soul was very, very good. And like I said, it was a very good movie to drop on Christmas Day too, because that's when me and my family watched it. And it was just like, wow, that was that was something for sure. So uh definitely, definitely something to be proud of. And uh I would put it at uh hmm, A? I think A's a I, it's it's very easily an A tier for me. It's yeah. just a matter of where does it sort in your favorites. Yeah. You know I mean? It's it's uh it's definitely an A. Um and I consider I I don't know if it's one of my I don't know if it cracks like my, my top three, but maybe top five I probably put it up there. Um, yeah, man, that's kind of a kind of a weird thing and unique thing. So um, yeah, and, and you know, cracking that top three or top five, and this is, this is like getting increasingly harder yeah. as the filmography of absolutely goes on. Absolutely does. Good stuff. Let's dive into gaming. Uh, Prince of Persia. Did you play the um, the OG or like the early two thousands Prince of Persia? I did. Yes. So the OG and that version are two different things. I was mm-hmm. just curious to see which uh, which generation you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting a remake of Sands of Time, and it was once again delayed. Yeah. Uh, it's going to drop March March 18th of this year, uh, due to 2020 being a shit year. And I, you know, if if you need to delay it to develop more, that's fine. <laughs> oh, but man. it feels like it feels like what bands are doing now again, and I'm not like shunning them for this because I understand you got to make your living, Mm -hmm. but you think with people like, you know, with the pandemic, people not going out, you think it'd be the, like the opportune time to like drop a video game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, you're, you're home or you're working from home, you know, might as well get an extra hour or so in, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever you want to do. Yeah. But uh, with the next topic, we're going to, 
we're going to talk about. I think it's probably in its best interest to keep cooking if it has to cook. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, really quick, really quick side story about Prince of Persia. Sure. Uh, the first time I played it, I dude, I was like young, young, right? Mm-hmm. And I just love the rewind mechanic. Yes. But I got stuck in the in one of the the fights with one of the kings mm-hmm. in the first palace. And every time I would rewind, it would still take me back to the point where I got smacked by the blade and I would die, right? <laughs> and so I was essentially stuck in an infinite loop and I had to, like, redo the fucking game up to that point. That's a fucking so bummer. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that they add, like, a like you know, like a Mario checkpoint save. Like, hey, once you get past this spot, if you, like, die-die with, with all your rewinds, like, you'll come back here. Yeah, right? Yeah, so, that, that'd probably be necessary in that regard. Yeah, yeah and... I'm looking forward to it, man. Prince of Persia. It was one of those games that I just wish I devoured more of in my youth. But mm-hmm. you know, when you're young and dumb and you get frustrated and you get caught up in this like bullshit, then mm-hmm. you just kind of let it go. I still have my copy here somewhere too. Oh, cool, excellent. Yeah, man. Uh, well, like I said, let's let's go into this next topic, and it's just going to further uh, demonstrate that point. Cyberpunk 2077. All right, so much hyped from other people. I think you and I had the right approach to this, <laughs> um, and it, it was supposed to be one, uh, the, you know, the big game that dropped this year, right? The one that everybody and it was, was talking supposed about. to be the game that changes your life. It was supposed to be se- the second coming of Jesus Christ. Correct. It was supposed to be, and, and all right, I'm not going to dive into it because we can make jokes about it all day long. Correct. You and I stated many episodes ago that we are equal parts excited and weary because yes. when the hype train picks up mm-hmm. it becomes exponentially harder to stop it yes and this game you want to talk about shit launches you bring oh, up man. two games you bring up cyberpunk 2077 and you bring up um no man's sky yeah. the difference here is that no man's sky completely rebuilt the game yeah. and now it is living and it is beating and yeah. it is in fact thriving it is stronger yeah. than it has ever been yes cyberpunk it, unless they completely burn every copy <laughs> and redo it as Cyberpunk 2078, <laughs> there's no saving this thing at the moment. Other, you know, from other than patches, fixes, shit like that. Like you can only, you bought a brand new car, and the design of so many of the components was broken from the get go, and yeah. now because of warranty policy and Lemon Law, now, um the developers have to go in and fix things one by one. Yeah. Uh, cause I, uh, for, I know for everybody who joined me on the streams, cause I did run a couple of streams of it for a couple of days. Uh, a couple of things that I do want to praise the world building, right? Uh, they do a pretty good job of explaining everything to you. So you're not completely lost and the character writing, like the character writing is very, very good, but that wasn't what everybody was hyped about. It was supposed to be, you know, the, the creating of your own character, which was very ex- expansive. I give him credit for that. And it was supposed to be, like you said, kind of the next coming of Jesus Christ. This game was supposed to be so gigantic in scope and to a certain extent it is, but I think because of how big it was, they did not, have appropriate amount of time to make the game that they wanted to make. I think it was a situation where there are the probably the people who were working on the game every single day was like, hey, it's not ready. And they were like, don't care. Get it out there. You know what I mean? And we see what happens with games like that. We've seen it happen to Anthem. Remember Anthem? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just barely. Yeah. Just barely. Just because we've talked about it on the podcast. And 
And like you said, you and I were like, well, I, I think it's going to be great, but we've stayed away from the hype because we didn't want to be disappointed. And that's why I'm not like devastated by this because we did stay away from the hype of it. And um, yeah, it, it's very sad to kind of what's happening to it, especially for uh, C- uh, CD Projekt Red. Like I, I feel bad for them because they're the company that did Witcher, Witcher 3, right? So, you know, they had a lot of... equally as buggy on launch, but yeah. that, that has recovered. Yeah, and they had, uh, you know, the goodwill of the gaming community as a whole. And now people are looking at them like they're fucking EA, and it's like, man, that they didn't, they're kind of getting, you know, drop-kicked in that regard, you know? They stopped selling the game on certain platforms, you know? And basically it's like, well, if you get it, get it at your own risk, you know what I mean? And... um Maybe one day the game will become playable. Apparently, they just dropped a big patch a couple of days ago that was supposed to fix, you know, fix the big things about it. And people are saying, "Nope, still broken, still devastatingly broken." And man, if you watch the stream that I has with with it, there were moments where I was like deeply in, invested into the characters and stuff, but then like a very big glitch would happen or a very obvious not finished uh, part of the game would happen, and it's just like, "Okay, I'm out of it." You know what I mean? Like people, yeah. like characters that are walking that are clearly not walking, that are fucking gliding in T pose across the fucking like it's it, it'll take you out of it. And I've basically decided for myself that I'm not going to continue to play it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till hopefully they do get the bugs ironed out, and then we'll start it fresh. I'll give it the the opportunity to start fresh. But I know a lot of people aren't even going to give it that. So yeah, th- and you know, you know, I hate subscription based services and models, but. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about what this game maybe should have been, it should have been an MMORPG mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. WoW style. It had the perfect setting. It had a good base. And, you know, mm-hmm. I know CDK Project Red is not about that, like, DLC kind of approach. Yeah. But I'm sure anybody else would have went, okay, so you can play free up to a certain point or up to a certain level, and there's going to be, like, a monthly thing, and we're mm-hmm. dropping new content every, like, couple months and mm-hmm. shit like this and that. And it would have been one of those things that, like, if people kept playing, they would have kept innovating, improving, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they really, really did shit the bed on this. <laughs> I feel really bad for them. And um, I guess maybe one day it'll become playable. I guess. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, but basically what the, what this has done is given other developers the perfect opportunity to go to their distributors and be like hey you you want another fucking situation where it's a uh you know a, a cyberpunk and they're gonna be like yep you're right delay it you know what i mean and uh because even the harry potter game the, that rpg that's supposed to be dropping um, we, we covered that a while ago yeah that's that was supposed to be dropping i think at some point within this year uh but they're like nope we're holding on to it uh next year next year for sure you know it, it'll um it'll drop Right. So, but again, it's a, it's kind of this pre-built excuse now and it's it's probably for the best, you know. Build the game, develop the game until you're confident in what until it is. Yeah. Glitches and weird shit are exactly that. They're yeah. anomalies, not common occurrences. Absolutely. So, um I think it's going to be very interesting moving forward. I, I will be paying close attention to what they do with Cyberpunk moving forward. I really hope they don't just abandon it. I think that's a lot of people are kind of waiting for them to be like, "Hey, our bad, you know, uh, we, but we're going to have to move on to the next project. I'm hoping that's not what it becomes, you know? Yeah, I'm hoping they take this uh, this hype train into the shop, fix it up, weld it up, and then they go, okay, here's something playable. 
here's something that is mostly glitch free yeah. and here's what we intended from the beginning <laughs> yeah for sure so uh i guess we'll have to wait and see uh what the plans are for that moving forward um i am not holding my breath obviously i think it's going to take quite a lot of work uh for them to fix it so uh, i guess we'll see like you said when what happens next year <laughs> this fucking, uh, fucking thing talk to me about perfect dark perfect dark is returning all right. Uh, apparently, it's one of those games that they've announced recently where it's gonna—they're gonna bring it back. They're gonna give it a nice new shine. I don't was know. Was that it, an EA game? That was Rare, I believe. Rare. Who ate up Rare? Xbox, I think. So Microsoft. Xbox Game Studios. Yep. Yep. So it's uh, Perfect Dark is returning. Perfect Dark is basically what's the best way to describe Perfect Dark? I think it is. Um, Laura Croft meets cyberpunk, but like. No. no, well, I'm talking about as far as gameplay. Basically, you take, yeah, like you said, Laura Croft. You mix it in with a little bit of uh, neon, with and Goldeneye. With Goldeneye, yep. That's that's going to be the best way to describe Perfect Dark, and it's a shooter that's very much similar to Goldeneye and how it worked. Um, now, so this came out. This this came out on the 64, right? Yes, it was it, on the 64 it, yes, and did. another console. Yeah, I think they had a version for it on the GameCube as well, but it did initially launch on um, the 64. And uh, like I said, it was basically GoldenEye on steroids, GoldenEye without the the IP, you know. So um, I'm very interested in how it's going to age, you know, because I think back in the day, I, I, I me and my cousins, we played a shit ton of Perfect Dark, uh, you know. When we after uh, GoldenEye kind of ran its course, we played a shit ton of it. So um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what they do with Perfect Dark. I hope um, that they do it justice that they give it the love that it deserves and uh perfect dark will make a return it's very exciting yeah i'm, I'm curious to see um because i want to say uh, one of my cousins had a copy of this mm -hmm. i want to say it was like up to eight players thanks lover had like a land setup going yeah yeah um, for I'm, sure so i'm curious to see now that like online uh gameplay is much more common yeah if they're gonna up that limit if they're gonna revamp some of these multiplayer maps because yep. you know eight, eight is a good number for those mm -hmm. maps right but that was like uh -huh. a technical limitation so i wonder if they're gonna bump it to like 16 or like make you know come in with new maps and it, you know is it gonna be a remaster is it gonna be a remaster revamp like you know a little bit of comedy a little bit of comedy yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting with seeing what they do. I, I kind of hope, and I know this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, I kind of hope they keep with the legacy controls, bro. I mean, you know what? I'm not not upset by that thought. Be because it, it might be a hot take, but yeah, because I think if they if they keep it with kind of the legacy control, if they or if they try to modernize it, it's basically Call of Duty. Yeah, you, you got to have some sort of sense of identity. Absolutely. I hope this comes out on the Switch. Oh, look at you thinking! Bye. Because it's um, oh. you know, because I know Xbox owns like yeah. Rare now, but you know, Xbox is all about cross-platform. So I wonder if like, you know, mm. if you got it on PC and I got it on Switch, if it would like queue us up in the same lobbies or whatnot. Interesting. Because it, 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 it did come out on the 64, you know. Yeah. So why not drop it on the Switch? It's like the perfect game, right? You have yeah. a couple of like local kids in the park with their Switches, and then boom, they get robbed by some crackhead. Yeah, for sure. And then the crackhead plays Perfect Dark. <laughs> yeah, man, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, it was kind of a man. That does, that is. Yeah, a, so, so so that like might that. be like uh, you know, like hey, you can get it for console, 
but yeah. you can also get it for the Switch. You let's know? kick the, let's kick the shit old school real quick. <laughs> and if the 64 was capable, you know, I'm sure they could make it Switch. If, fuck, dude, if they could put with The Witcher on Switch, I'm sure they could put Perfect Dark on the Switch as well. For sure. And like I said, it doesn't, have, it doesn't even have to be the necessarily the most glossy game of all time. You no. know? And, and, it, it, once again, I bring this up. Perfect Dark was not not a glossy game, dude. It was kind of rough around the edges. And mm-hmm. sure, technical stuff, N64, I get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But that's not why people kept playing and coming back to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with Perfect Dark. I'm glad to hear that, it, that, uh, that it's not completely dead and they're going to make something cool out of it. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on a prior podcast, but there is that 007 game coming out. Um, I don't know if it's a shooter. They were very vague on details, but they do have a 007 game coming Maybe out. Maybe a Hitman reskin. Hey, man. Well, here's the deal. Call okay, it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's talk about Hitman because they actually did just drop a new Hitman, right? So, yeah, they're not god-awful. Yeah. The they're Hitman. just very shallow. <laughs> the, yeah, the Hitman games are not god-awful, but I will give them the credit for doing one thing and one thing only. When it comes to Freedom. stealth games, mm-hmm. uh, we know you and I – Obviously, we are the biggest Splinter Cell fans probably that you'll hear, right? We are the biggest proponents of bringing back Splinter Cell as a franchise and bringing it back into the limelight, right? But one thing that Splinter Cell did, and there's one thing that Metal Gear Solid did, that Hitman has not done. Splinter Cell and and Metal Gear Solid went full action after a certain point, right? They kind of trimmed out a lot of those stealth Yeah, right, right around the third game mark for yeah. both, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they trimmed out a lot of the, the, that stealthy kind of uh, vibe to it where it was like the larger larger mechanic out of the game. Yeah, I think three, three is the good mark for both of them. I think you're actually right on that. Um, but Hitman stuck with it. So I'm giving them the full credit of that because a lot of those other games in the same genre kind of evolved and became something else, right? But Hitman stuck with it. And I don't necessarily agree with Hitman's practices all the time, especially when it comes to how they release content. I think it's unique because obviously they don't drop like a full game right at launch. They drop a full game. They drop a game and then they kind of release missions as time moves on. And I think that's kind of cool. But um, I give them credit for sticking with the formula, you know? I, I can uh, I can dig it to a certain extent, you know? Yeah. I'm. I'm not the biggest nitpicker here because I'm not invested in Hitman. My brother-in-law kind of looks like Hitman, like a little thinner version. Does he? He's, he's got the suit. He's got the gun, you know? Oh, nice. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what's going on with Devil 7. But speaking about old games. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of my favorite old games. Uh, Would you say your like, favorite game of all time, probably? It's definitely up there. It, it Easily top three, very mm. easily. Is it the, my favorite of all time? I, you know, it kind of depends. Some Some days I'm in a... I'm in a very like deep lore mood, and um, I, I still want to do a very, very crazy deep dive on one of the characters in this game because she is such a moral gray. And I, I, if I'm being honest with you, the only two things keeping me tethered to Star Wars as an IP, these games and The Mandalorian. Okay. Everything else, I'm just like, dude, I've never been at an all-time low with Star Wars like this in my life, in my 25 years on this planet. You know that? So question. It w- yeah. was... Because, because you hit a lull after the last the last Jedi, like hard lull. I know that for yeah. a fact. Where like you were even watching the Mandalorian because that's how fucking much it pissed you off. So would you say this current lull that you're in is even more devastating than you when you were in after last Jedi? Yeah, dude. It, it's just um, 
it's one of those things where do I think four, five, and six will be classics? Yeah, forever and always. It's hard to diminish the the value it had on cinema and the impact. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, and do I you know do I enjoy the prequels? Yeah, to any extent. I'm sure the memes help a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, do. I enjoy it, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's just one of those things where I don't you know there's a lot of good stuff in the in the sequel sequels, but it just you know didn't didn't do it well. It was disjointed and and like I said, um, Favreau, by the people for the people. Thank you. Yes. And and you know the the thing with Knights of the Old Republic is that it's done. There's no more like soiling it. You know what well, I mean? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> oh, at, at this current time, yes. on the 30th of January, 2021, the series has been dead. Period. It yeah. has a it has a loyal cult following. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's people that make. You know, upscale mods. There's people that restored a lot of the cut content in the second game, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you played it, you enjoyed it, and then boom, you play it again. It's one of those things I revisit every year where I do a quick little playthrough where I dump like 20, 30 hours into it and I just mm-hmm. re enjoy it, right? Uh-huh. But Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords, came out on mobile. Um, and the first one's been around on mobile for quite some time. Uh, yeah, dude, you know, I tried to get you into it, and maybe it wasn't working out. That's fine. But to anyone who has been curious about this, check it out. Well, I actually haven't tried it on the new rig. Yeah. Because remember, I couldn't get it to play on the old one, remember? Yeah, and then I come over and uh, no. get, give it a whirly boy. No, because you're like, I don't get it. And then you walked away. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then I went home and fixed my game. Fixed okay. yours, yeah. You fixed yours. Yeah, yeah. You didn't fix mine. So, so, so we'll get you going, but it's one of those very, very Maybe well I'll done, stream it. Games. Maybe I'll stream it. Play, play through the first one. Um, the, the the general consensus is that the first one is phenomenal. One of the best video game twists in all of video mm-hmm. games, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not just me praising the game because, if we're being honest, I like the second one for the unpolished, rough, coarse, unfinished, dog shit masterpiece that it is. It's, it's rough, it's coarse, game. and it gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it's just one of those things, but the atmosphere and... Anyway, I'm, this is an episode about Knights of the Old Republic. If you want to hear an episode about Knights of the Old Republic, go look at the Exploration Podcast. Oh, that. At a ba- um, at a boy with a plug with a dead show. When are you going to bring yeah. that back, bro? Soon, soon. Um, I've been busy. My co-host has been busy, like, through the roof. So we got to sit down and figure out what's going on with it. Because we have topics lined up. We just haven't written scripts or done research on most of them, <laughs> for being frank here. I got gotcha. um, it, you. It's kind of rough because Greg's doing his master's now. And I was there. I totally understand. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll pitch the idea. We'll see. But it's on mobile. You know, if you're bored, if you need something to click at at work, I check it out. Or play I... words with friends. I don't care. <laughs> I got you. My daughter just made a little mini appearance. I don't know if you heard her screaming at me. I did. She's a little, did. little psycho. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> about psychos and appearances, um, Resident <laughs> Evil 8 Villages. Uh, the Village. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. You know me. You know my policy on pre-orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this one's good. <laughs> it won. <laughs> it won. Uh, let me let me just tell you. Right here's what sold me: giant eight foot tall vampire lady chasing me around. Yeah, dude, that's what I wanted this whole damn time. Bro, that's how you. Me? That's how you spend all your Saturday nights, right? There we go. So you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if the pre-orders up. Let, let me actually let me let me take a peek really quick. But I, you saw the footage. You saw the trailer. You know? Yeah, so I, I was I, I was telling Adrian, I'm like, I man, I don't recall them ever taking a turn to vampire. Obviously, we've seen zombie, we've seen uh, like fucking crazy tentacle monsters, but we've never seen vampire or, and like werewolf because they have like a werewolf in here too. 
So uh, I don't know how people in general feel about the turn that the Resident Evil franchise has taken. I'm a fan. I think it was time that they freshened up a little bit. And uh, somebody said, and I don't want to go this far because uh, apparently this is coming down the pipeline too, but it's almost like a spiritual successor to RE4. And, you know, we've talked about the RE4 remake. Um, I, I I see it. I see it. Mm-hmm. I see the spiritualness, and I think it can exist as its own entity without mm-hmm. RE4. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited, man, because, you know, when the Resident Evil 2 remake came out, we were like, well, what's next? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that game scared the fucking yeah. cock off me yeah. multiple for, times. Yeah. And, and I actually started another playthrough. 40 minutes in, I jumped, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> not, no, not, no, not in the middle of the night. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's looking at Steam. The pre-order is up. It's looking like uh, May 7th, 2021. Um, and there's a couple of bundles on here. It mm. looks like if you get one of them, it comes with the Season Pass, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Resident Evil Reverse. So it comes with a bunch of stuff. For, nice. You know, they have bundles from 60 bucks all the way up to 80 or 100 Okay. Pick, pick, you know. Okay, pick, cool. Man, yeah, because looking at that tech demo thing that they did, because obviously they had the, like the game, like the gameplay footage, and then they had the demo. That demo was fucking awe inspiring, bro. Like the way, like they have made a commitment to making sure this game looked absolutely the best it can. And that fucking um, what what's the engine called? It's just called the RE engine, I think. It I ju- think so. Yeah. Just fucking showed its best foot jesus christ even looking at some of the steam screenshots right now dude you know i'm a sucker for some good european like folklore mm-hmm. and it looks like they're gonna have witches the werewolves mm-hmm. it, it looks like it, it looks close enough to the zombie undead theme that they can just kind of be like yeah well this falls into it too yeah for sure scarecrows dude okay so quick segue uh, and i promise we'll get back to the resident evil talk sure. you know how terrifying scarecrows are in dungeons and dragons do I know how scary, terrifying they are? No. Yeah. So, so um, they're they're you know they're planted on the like the, the crossing as a scarecrow should be. Okay. And they're usually wards for some sort of magical creature, and those they're, they're essentially like sentries. So once they spot you, mm-hmm. the moment you turn your head and you peek back, they are off the cross, and they are lightning fast, and they have sharp claws, and they are terrifying. <laughs> okay. And that's exactly the same experience I want from this Resident Evil game. I want to look back at the scarecrow like upright mount and i want it to be gone and i want to shit my <laughs> yeah bro i got like some some severe like transylvania big gigantic castle vibes from this thing i'm i'm all in man next paycheck i'm pre-ordering you know all right all right so, so, um, it, it's one of those things where you, they've proven they've literally proven to me i did not pay a penny for the resident evil 2 remake it came free with my graphics card right mm-hmm. and i i was just so blown away i literally said that you should go out and buy it, yeah. even if it's on full sale, or if even if it's full price. Do not feel bad. <laughs> I got you. Give you me, will get your your entertainment's worth. Give me one second. I gotta close my door. My my kid made a mess. Hold on, give me a second. Absolutely. He's closing his door. Oy, He's coming oy, back to his chair. Girl. Sorry about that stream. Sorry about that, Gabe. And I am yeah. back. But big fan. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing, and you know me. I like my vampires. Especially when they look like that. Speaking <laughs> uh, about vampires, let's dive into music news and reviews. Um, so I have a quick little addendum. I did an EP review by a band called Salem. It was self-titled. Okay. And I said, if you like Creeper, you will enjoy this band. Uh, I actually learned very shortly after that episode was recorded that Will Golding of Creeper 
this is his other project. Oh, okay. So, so it, is, it is like Creeper esque. Okay. It's like if Creeper was much hornier. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But, but it is also his band. So, yeah, if you enjoy Creeper, check out Salem. <laughs> I'm sure they've probably already done that at this point, Gabe. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I want to toss that in there because I know, you know. In a hundred years, when somebody eventually listens to this podcast, uh, they like resurrect my soul from the yield bone grinder. They'll be like, "Dude, you know it's the same motherfucker, right?" And I'll be like, "Bro, I've been asleep for like a hundred years. I was literally for the first time in my afterlife about to get a good rest, and you wake me up to tell me this. So I'm covering my ass." <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. So. Let's talk about the architects because they have dropped two singles in the amount of time it's been since we've done our last show, and they are called Black Lungs and Dead Butterflies. Now, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, Black Lungs came out first. Let's cover that. All right. So Black Lungs. All right. So let's talk about it, man. So the architects have, we mentioned it when they did the animals talk, that uh, they have kind of expanded their horizons a little bit, right? That they're not exactly doing the most technical metalcore in, in, in the world anymore because they've taken a different approach. Uh, Black Lungs is more of the same when it comes to that regard. But with that being said, it has proven that Sam Carter is the best vocalist alive. And, easily, uh, easily one of the best. Yeah. And uh, he has shown, like, there's a, he, I was telling my wife, I'm like, He's got a new voice in there. I didn't know he sounded like that. I thought it was somebody else doing vocals. I'm like, oh, sweet. Maybe I got the, the guitar player doing vocals. No, that's Sam. I'm like, how the fuck does she got another voice hiding in there? How is that possible? It's ridiculous. Uh, but like I said, I think it's probably closer to more traditional architects than um, even Animals was. And definitely more so than the next song that we're about to talk about. But I like it, man. I like it. They're, they're showing a little bit of variety here. What do you think? Yeah. Um. So I don't want to dive too far into the variety bit until we hit dead butterflies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Architects, good technical band. They're very seasoned. I, I feel like I'm giving very generic stuff. Did I like the single? Yes. Did it, like, blow my dick off? It was pretty close. They always get, like, within range, you know? <laughs> it's only, it, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, and Correct. I'm not sure which one they're using this time. Um, <laughs> I, listen, man, I enjoyed it, but the Architects is your band. At Correct. the end, of, you know what I mean. Correct. Like you, you'll enjoy it every time I die. Some, but they're my band at the end of the day. Yeah. But Dead Butterflies. I want to talk about this one. Um. So, first of all, g- give me your like initial impressions because I I think I know what's going on here. So yeah, man. Like um. First off, the music video was very interesting because they did it in an empty Lord Al- Lord Albert Hall, which I think was kind of a cool choice. Um. But Dead Butterflies is I would probably say because they've kind of run the gambit when it comes to the sounds of the genre. They went full bore ridiculous uh, with Dead Butterflies in regards to the differences of what it normally sounds like. Um, I think it might be one of the first Arkansas songs that I can think of that have had zero screams in it. Not a single scream to be had on Dead Butterflies. And those horns, baby! The horns, the large, large horn, orchestral horn sound was just incredible to me. And normally they're more of like a strings, you know, fucking violin style band when they like have that large orchestra sound and uh it's easily the most unique architect songs that they've ever had i think so um yes i agree with all the points above and i think it's interesting to see 
when we saw Bring Me the Horizon's tonal change, mm-hmm. one one of the dozen tonal changes, I should say, <laughs> at right? this point, yeah. Um, I think for most of them, people were on board, and then when we got to like Throne Era, right? Yeah. Like, and I think, um, not not that they're you know copying and pasting the mixing and production, but they they are shifting tonally. They have grown as a band over mm-hmm. the past. I even say five years or mm-hmm. six now since All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us came out, right? Mm-hmm. 2015 sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And and they're they're entering this new de- character development arc mm-hmm. where they're like, okay, we took the dirty, grimy British metalcore sound, mm-hmm. we've improved it, and in fact, we've gone as far as to perfect Pre- it. They perfected it, yeah. Many a single with that perfection, yeah. right? Like the golden stamp of vocals, guitar work, and drum work. Yep. And the bassist, can't forget the bassist. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're like, okay, let's see if we can go, let's see if we can make a good salsa with not a lot of heat because we've mm-hmm. had this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think they're taking that approach. They're like, let's see how much flavor and yeah. depth and like development we can pack mm-hmm. into into something new and we toss all our old tropes we toss the things that made us great out the window mm-hmm. and we experiment yeah and i enjoy it. i like dead butterflies much better than black lungs mm-hmm. for i think obvious reasons and um i think it's weird that people are like now are like oh yeah dude this is bitching like they're you know they're growing blah 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 and like the general consensus is like yeah dude architects you know mm-hmm. but like a decade ago or even half a decade ago when a lot of bands were like transitioning over, it was like, Oh dude, this is, you know, used to be so heavy. And now, but now it's kind of like, okay, yeah. You know, vibe with it. I think, and I think, I think the, the big difference here is that a lot of bands that like bring me the horizon is probably the primary example of this. When they had their big tonal shift, I think they still had area to explore in that current sound. Right, they still had room to grow with that current sound. Especially, they were on the map, but there were some undiscovered locations. Yeah, there were still some undiscovered locations. The architects perfected that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they were not, they, they could they speed ran it. Yeah, hundred percent. They could they could not get any po- possibly better than what they had gotten by the end. You know what I mean? Like, there's just no way. I I, can't, my, I don't think my brain can handle it. It's just going to be zeros and ones at that point. You know what I mean? If they get, were able to perfect that sound even more, it's it's impossible. The architects are, and there's a lot of there's another band on this list that we're about to talk about. That is, they're trendsetters. They they make the rules, right? And um, that they couldn't get any better with it. So I don't I I won't necessarily apply that same like oh well you know they they used to be heavy nah dude they they they've been that they've done that and they're better than everybody else at it so I'm not even mad at them for it <laughs> you know what I mean and, and and quick footnote they still are heavy dude they're yeah. just heavy in a different in, way in, in a different way because we've had there's so many like subgenres and waves mm-hmm. and ins and outs of the metal and hard rock umbrella throughout you know 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s mm. 2010s and now 2020s yeah explore that depth and they don't need it but they absolutely have my blessing absolutely you know? so 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 good it's, it was wonderful and they did a great job with these two singles so keep them coming architects uh, like I, I don't think i, I have to I, tell I you want, uh, what i i want another architects album where it's um in similar style to like dark side of the moon where you do a full listen through it's like a full conglomerative piece yeah that's sure. what I want from them. And I feel like it might not be too far-fetched with these singles we've gotten. Yeah, for sure. I want something you throw on 
and you sink into your couch for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and that's what I want. Cause I mean, you, you know, you look at a lot of our favorite albums, they do exactly that. For sure. For sure. For sure. Excellent work by the boys and the architects. Let's keep it moving. Speaking about uh, architects and uh, raising buildings and then raising some hell, a band called Inspirit. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, former Vanna, yep. um, a big excite. Talk, talk to me about the EP. So it's called Moon. Uh, I think it has five songs. I think. Hold on, let me let me make sure that's that's fact real quick. I believe it did have five songs on it, and uh, basically, like you mentioned, it is the boys from Vanna, and they are. This is their new their new deal. Yep, five songs. Uh, one gigantic complaint. It's not long enough. <laughs> oh, that's a good complaint. That's yeah. probably one of the few good complaints we have. Correct, uh, dude. If you want a throwback to what. Uh, like early 2000s, 2005, 2006, 2007, uh, crazy hardcore metalcore used to sound like. This is it. Let me guess. Nice whiny guitars, mm-hmm. um, some quick triplet bursts. Yeah, some dude. breakdowns. Yeah, and that nice. It's got all that shit in it, dude. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yellow pack of American spirits right before recording. Yeah, so these boys packed up. You know, they're 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 savvy. They've been around a long time, and basically their description of it is probably the best way I describe it. It is old friends, uh, old styled music, music. Yeah, or old st- old sound, new music. That's basically what it is. Or ba- whatever you know, it's new songs, and uh, it's a throwback, man. It's straight out of uh, Curses Era Vanna, and I'm absolutely in love with it. Like I said, my only complaint is that some of these tracks are too short. And now we know my feeling about like a minute 45 minute 50 second song tracks but uh i think it's obvious that the ones that are a little bit longer are the ones that are the better ones i think um and i think it's more just a taster it's not uh, it's 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 not the the final product it's just this is what we it's got to start yep it is and we're just wait till the entree comes and i'm very 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 excited in spirit Dropped a wonderful, wonderful little EP, and I'm excited to see what comes next. Man, awesome. Get, Check that out. Yep, for sure, for sure. So, uh, any other thoughts on that? Um, I didn't actually listen to it. What so, the fuck? Unfortunately, I, I will put it on my queue. Okay, fair um, enough. You you know, we've spoken about music in the past couple of weeks, and I've just been kind of in like a musical rut. Yeah. Both like writing and listening, so I'm just kind of like, I've been taking a break. I've been watching a lot of like YouTube videos and documentaries and stuff just to kind of you know sometimes like you listen to too much metal and then you're like all right let me go throw on like you know for you maybe eminem for me it may be like you know some dirty grimy fucking electronic music or whatever it may be right you just that, need kind of to clear your palate a little bit i think you're 100 percent correct because that's exactly what i do like it's like eminem and like stuff that i used to Kendrick. listen to yeah stuff that i used to listen to like in my youth like Lincoln park and stuff yeah so so that's i'm coming out of that because yes. i've you know Music's been sounding good to me recently. Like we're, you know, we're back on like the kick. Yeah. But um, yes, I I will find many a new band this year. We will review them, and we have um, actually the <laughs> funny story, and we'll we'll dive into that. But mm. they're the the very last item on the music news <laughs> and reviews is I kind I kind of think that's what burnt me the fuck out because it's <laughs> not nonstop. I was like emotionally, mentally, and physically drained. <laughs> Because you can only have this band in in in, in contamination in uh, containment, right, bro? Like it's uh, I'm, you're gonna get mad at me, but it has been such long. It's been such a long time since I put this on the agenda that I did listen to all the way through. But it's been such a long gap that I totally forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> you know what sure. I mean? So uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want to move that over, but uh, 
Yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, well, well, let's plow through the rest, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and then we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, so, Vilify is a small band out of Australia where they put literal <laughs> metal midichlorians in the water. So many lead, good just games. lead. Yeah, you want to talk about heavy metal? Let's talk about lead, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this was a band that came up on my kind of Discover Weekly. Sure, Ab- absolutely. Like, I heard it. I was like, I am about all of this absolutely right now and i feel like small bands are kind of the future mm-hmm. of this scene because a lot of our giants are well established yep and you know they're always going to have a following so uh, i'm going to try and do my best to be like yo check this out yeah so vilify uh dead weight habit and they just released a new single called clarity they're amping up for Oh, no, I'm sorry. Clarity is the EP itself. It is five tracks. I will have a full review on that. That dropped in December. Um, yeah, dude, I'm excited for this. So okay. if you want to talk about, like, hype, I actually tweeted about it today. Um, you remember when Northern Ghost came out? We were like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of same vibes from Villa. Uh... Except Northern Ghost dropped a full, really, really good album. And we're getting an EP right now. Okay. And uh, and I, I need that new Northern Ghost album. Yeah, I don't know can, where it's hiding. I... I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on in, in Bumfuck Ohio right now. But yeah, the, bro, because like, because you and I kind of had these like, obviously the three bands that we talk about, calling it like the Holy Trinity of the next next step, and two out of the three of those dropped an album that was eh. Yeah, so, so, so you know, we we gotta have Northern Ghost kind of save the whole the whole trio. Otherwise, I'm getting them out and putting Northling in. <laughs> one of one of the one out of every three bands stays consistently heavy. Yeah. I just made that statistic up, but dude, it's been six, it's been six fucking years. Come on, man, no mention. I'm like scratching my titty right now, both because it's itchy, but because I need this album. True. True. Um, yeah, wherever the fuck you guys are, Northern Ghost, check it out. But in the meantime, Vilify. Uh, okay. On Twitter, it's Vilify AU because they're from Australia, hmm. where the lead grows in trees. <laughs> no, don't don't fact check me. I'm not, I'm not a scientist. Um, no, out of the seriously. Ground. Like I said. Check it out. I'd love to give you a, a, a dirty, grimy deep dive, but I think I'll save it for next week. Absolutely. For sure. We, yeah, we could do that. Currents, 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 currents. They dropped a little, little album, and again, it's been so long, I totally forgot what the fuck I was going to say, so I'm going to have to give that another review. <laughs> All right. So uh, how about how about we close off with the titathon? Sure. Uh, every time I die, I had their annual Christmas show. It was remote this year. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this. They did a very nice job of keeping the audience engaged um, because they did – like, okay, here's a song. And then they cut away to something. So they were, like, auctioning off old stuff, right? Yeah. And it was, like, Mitch's bass from the from uh, our last night in town, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, don't sell that. That has sentimental value. And they're like, dude, we need to raise these $69. It needs to go. Shit. And it was, it, they did a really great job of cutting, like, the humor with the music. And it was it, it lived up to, like, the, the telethon vibe. You know fair, what I mean? Fair enough. And you still got a good chunk of Every Time I Die. But... And, and I'm not complaining, but Lord knows they love to play a two-hour show. Yeah. The Lord knows when they're headlining, they'll do easily an hour and a half, and mm. then they'll do, like, an album on top of that. Correct. Um, And so I think it was, like, eight songs, eight or nine songs, but it was cut between, like, these skits and these gags, and they had, like, um, they had very obvious, like, uh, are you familiar with Cameo? Yeah. So they had... <laughs> They had like Gilbert Gottfried do a cameo. (laughs) (laughs) They like they cut it up really nicely to like fit the questions that Keith was asking, and it was hilarious. (laughs) Um, A couple of the other things they had like some friends and other bands go like, "Oh well, 
uh, like they had the Manchester Orchestra, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well you know we wrote this song, and we're gonna play it for the first time on the Titathon," and they would like start the song, and then one of them was like Jordan unplugging a wire in like the production room to charge his phone, and the song cuts. <laughs> and by the time they realize that the the Manchester Orchestra song's not playing, like oh shit, oh shit, and they plug it back in, and they're like rapped, and they're like, "Oh well, I hope you enjoyed that. It was our first time ever playing it, so you know, thank you every time I die for having us." And Keith's just like, "Yeah, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was a blast man there was a lot of quality skits i um my merch got lost but it finally got reprinted came in i got a there we go. cool bitch in buffalo letterman jacket um yeah i i think they did something they took a different approach yeah to this because i think it's very easy to go well let's just play like a set record it and then broadcast it at this time which is what probably 95 percent of these bands are doing yeah but every time I die, I went, no, I want a story, I want a theme, I want insanity, and I want dumb shit left and right. And they fulfilled. Yeah. They absolutely fulfilled. Great band. Fun okay. facts. Steve owns a little, like, tiki bar? What? Yeah. Where? In Buffalo? Yeah. In his what, backyard. What? Yeah. <laughs> or Mitch, I'm sorry. But, um, oh, yeah. He has, he has a little... <laughs> Because um, they got a call from, like, the producer, and they're like, oh, you owe me $69. And they're like, where the fuck are we going to get $69? <laughs> and he's like, just sell uh, sell Mitch's tiki bar. He's like, no, dude, you know, you know this is the only thing keeping Buffalo together right now. <laughs> like, everybody loves Mitch's bar. Bro, I cannot think of anything that would get less used than a tiki bar in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> and it was snowing. It was snowing, and there was, like, people there. Oh, my goodness. But Fair overall, happily pay for it again. Um, Silent Planet's got one coming up in February, like a week mm-hmm. or so. Mm-hmm. Might buy tickets to that. You know their merch, man. I'm actually wearing my Silent Planet hoodie right now. Nice. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where you, you get good merch, people are going to buy it. That, that's a fact, man. I'm still waiting for, uh, what am I waiting on? I'm waiting for my In Spirit flag to come in as well as that vinyl. So yeah. that's, that's Hopefully be... soon on that, man. Um, I actually... um. Uh, last week I got my hundredth album and, uh, mm. I, the album came out in September, um, mm. and just the massive amounts of delays. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it finally came in last week. I was like, oh man, we are so long and far from the album review that I did. <laughs> right. I mean, Hey, fuck it. it is what it is. What can you do? Right. I, um, okay. So quick segue. I, I fell asleep in my contact and I had the thing propped up in my room. Right. Mm-hmm. And I woke up in the morning and like when they're dry, it's hard to like focus. Yep. So I was like, let me stare at one thing and like, let me try and get him to like focus. Right. And I stared at the album cover and it was a terrible idea. Cause it's like a blurry frog with like tie dye in the background. And I was like, okay, no terrible idea. Other thing. <laughs> it's like, this is making it worse. Getting all cross-eyed and shit. Cause you're staring at the fucking cover of that. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I, I think we're in consensus that, uh, currents will have to wait till next week as will the chariot i think as will the chariot i uh, i did a lot of prep work for the chariot i yeah, want you to know that i fucking forgot bro like i'm cause like i said I, like when when we first brought it up cuz we brought it up in the last show i'm like okay i'm like well this is the first thing i'm going to do so i have stuff to stay and it's out the fucking window man it's good you know and i did the same thing and it's like uh, if you don't take notes yeah that's what i'm gonna have to start doing you bro immediately forget yes it, it, even sometimes during the show we'll come up with new stuff and we'll forget old stuff C- correct it's it's a it's a weird thing man yeah, so yeah, I, I was surprised that uh, that the fucking NFL shop didn't have a del- like that crazy delay like a lot of other people are suffering from because I ordered my Tom Brady jersey last week and I finally got it. The woman finally paid up, Gabe. It been it took two years, so two years ago when um, the Patriots played 
Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, me and my wife bet a jersey. I, if she won, I buy her a Patrick Mahomes jersey. If I won, she buy me a Tom Brady jersey. He has switched since he has since then switched teams and is going back to the Super Bowl. So I had to get my jersey against Patrick nice. Mahomes, which is hilarious. So it's all come full circle. And I got my jersey, so I could scream at the TV on next Sunday. It's going to be a very. Don't you love it when shit lines up nicely? It's like nice, that? yeah. It's nice. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I, I I was like full blown ready for this chariot career interview. I literally got a tattoo. <laughs> I, I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I literally got a chariot tattoo. Well, it's not of a chariot, but it is chariot inspired. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I was like, if we're doing this, we're doing this the right way. <laughs> it's gonna do a whole fucking uh full fucking review. We're gonna get it done next week. We are podcasting next week. I don't give a shit if it's the cherry review is the only thing we do. We will do it, this. It'll probably take forty five minutes yeah. if we're being honest. That's here. what I'm saying. So yes. We are doing a podcast next week. We do have the current album to talk about, The Chariot. We got plenty of stuff to do. We will do the podcast next week. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, we will fi- figure out a way to make this work. Is that, is that, is that 166 game? Uh, I think that's 166, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us here for episode 166 of the Second City Kids podcast. Thank you for the folks who joined us live on Twitch. We had a couple comments here and there. We also had a raid, which was good. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and do the, you guys know the deal. Twitter, actually, it's not even it's not even the same shit anymore. I can't even say that. Oh, I can't even say that. God damn it, I have to change the outro. Fuck, because I'm brilliant uh, on Twitter now. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, if you follow us on the Twitters, yeah, uh, Jake's at Brilliant Villain. I'm at Jabril. Yeah, um, check us out. We post the podcast there, and then we'll usually tweet madness every once in a while. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, please check us out. Uh, check me out on Twitch, Brilliant Villain, Twitter, all that good stuff. And uh, thank you guys for checking out the Second City Kids podcast. And we will, God damn it, we will be back next week. And until then, deuces. Deuces. All right, so that is the official pod. Thank you guys for joining me here on Twitch. I do plan on streaming some games a little bit later today, uh, so I expect you guys to join me later tonight, which, again, I think I'm 9.30, 10 o'clock is probably when I'm going to start streaming games. So join me on that. See you later, Twitch.